0: This is for the tears, this is for my pain and my plight Two walked in, but only one of us is walking out of here tonight I'm a survivor Fight for my life Come on, be stronger I will arrive I'm a survivor Fight for my life
1: What is up, people? This is Variety Bites. I'm yours truly, Sean Williams, joined, of course, by Mr. T5 himself, Travis, born to be wild, Smith. God, I'm so freaking tone-deaf.
0: It's Travis, GM of 205 Lives, man.
1: I stand corrected.
2: <laughs>
1: and once again, people, we're doing this right as NBA playoffs are taking place. And before the show, Travis and I were both talking about how both teams are playing like crap.
0: Yeah, they're all down here running a sloppy shop, man. It's wild. Yep. It was like a stark contrast from the last
1: game. Oh, yeah. And, you know, some people did kind of crack, crack on Kevin Durant in the uh, Nets-Bucks game and the shot that he missed that would have won the game. He has been playing for 53 freaking minutes. What the hell do you want from him?
0: Yeah, dude's been playing with that team on his back. Like I know I usually crack on Kevin Durant sometimes. And that's usually like a personality thing. Right. I, I I joke about him being soft as toilet tissue and stuff. But when it comes to on court with that ball in his hands, shit, that dude's undeniable. I can't I, I can't find fault with the dude, man. So Yeah. Yeah, they think would smack off that cat. That cat would carry that team.
1: Exactly. I mean Am I surprised that he was winded after playing 53 minutes straight? Honestly, I would have been more—I'd have been more shocked and probably scared to death if he wasn't.
0: Oh hell yeah! i would be like, man, we definitely got to rename you, Slim Reaper. I don't care if you like it or not.
1: You yep. gotta
0: own that name. Yeah. If you ain't winded, if you ain't winded after all that, woo, we gotta—you gotta keep that name.
1: Yeah. And if you want to say, oh, but they—he still had James Harden out there. No correction. He had a part of James Harden out there.
0: Dude
1: had like one-third of James Harden. Exactly. He didn't have the whole thing. Look, if he had Harden, they wouldn't have lost that game. And if they had Kyrie, that series would have been over a long time ago.
0: long time ago.
1: Yep. But, you know, I mean, the the Bucks. look, I'm not taking anything away from them. They deserve to be in the conference title game right now. But, um, it, you know, they lost a close game in game one to the Hawks. But man did they answer back.
0: It was happy. none of it. Giannis was happy. none of it.
1: I mean the final score it was a twenty point like a twenty plus point deficit. It was not that close. For most of that game they were kicking their butts by forty.
0: a lot of people felt like
1: that first game,
0: the bucks went in there. Feeling they sell right like they had exercised their demon against the heat mm-hmm. first round of them. Yep. They went and survived the nets, even though it was like you know one third of a uh, hardened and no Kyrie,
2: right? Check.
0: And they went in here like, Oh, it's just the Hawks, let's put on our slippers, let's put on our, 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 our smoking jacket, and take it easy. Yeah, and the Hawks. Proceeded to slap them in the mouth like, "Hey, you gonna respect us today?" Wham! Yep. And they woke up all like hell. They did, especially during the game. Oh yeah. When when Trey Young was going off, and then he just like did the shimmy on him. Hell now nah. Giannis was having none of it. He tried. He tried to fire them boys up. By that point, it was too
1: late. Yep. Exactly, and by the time they walked in the Game 2, they walked in bitter and pissed off.
0: Hell yeah, you don't woke up the sleeping beast right there, man. Like, they, they, I understand you come in there and make a statement in Game 1 that you're going to respect our mind, but you did a little bit too much, man. Yep. I mean, you, it's one thing to, like, you know, go out for your respect, but you went out there and slapped them clean in the face and then... Then proceed to put your butt in the air. And
1: nah, nah, nah. <laughs> yep. And you know, I don't take I don't take anything away from Trey Young. Dude's a star in the making, but consistency is kind of an issue with him.
0: We're going to see what kind of consistency they got this, this next game cuz oh. man, they, they they woke they woke the Bucks up. The Bucs was having none of it.
1: Yep. Disrespect
0: my ass not today you not.
1: Yeah. And, but overall, I don't think they have. I don't think they have an a- answer for Giannis. But then again, looking at the Clippers and the Suns, I don't think either of them have an answer for Giannis.
0: Mm-mm, nope. Like I like DeAndre. I like I like eight and everything. eight versus Giannis,
1: psych. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, I- and you know the other thing I see with the the difference for the the Clippers in this game against the Suns. They're playing a team that's actually at full strength, because they got all their guys. I mean, there was concern about Cameron Payne, but he's back in there. Chris Paul's starting to get his game back. Yep. You caught Devin Booker on an off night in Game Three, but he's he's been playing better this time.
0: Yeah, that's just that's just like mental. That's like a mental gap. That's not no physical gap. Yeah. I mean. I mean, they're they're 100. So if you, if you happen to get past, you know, the Clippers, you know, you put, you, I mean, not the Clippers, if you happen to get past the Sun, you beat them at 100. So, I mean, that's what you'd be doing against, you'd be going against the Bucks, because the Bucks are at 100 right now.
1: Yeah, and that was the thing I was saying that I was concerned to see with the Clippers is how they do against a team at full strength. And then you
0: got, then you got the other side of the coin too, like the Suns are playing, the Suns are playing the Clippers without their best player. Yeah. And they kind of struggling a little bit. So I don't know. Would it be like a more even matchup if they played the Bucks at full strength, like both teams at one hundred? Would it be more of a, like an even matchup?
1: I think it would be, but again, I don't I don't think Phoenix has an answer for Giannis.
0: Yeah, the Giannis factor.
1: That's the ultimate X factor is is Giannis. That no one that how do you prepare for that guy? Right, like if Giannis can take over
0: and have, you know, Holiday and Middleton backing him up mm-hmm.
1: consistently,
0: then I think they could take that.
1: Yeah. You see that uh, Twitter exchange between Durant and Scotty Pippen? Yeah. <laughs> and Durant saying that, last I checked, the Bulls followed Jordan, not you. Harsh, but not exactly wrong.
0: Nah, you wasn't wrong.
1: Hey, when Jordan walked away the first time, Pippen tried to be the top dog in Chicago. Didn't work.
0: Yeah, it didn't work out then.
1: Nope. Scottie Pippen, in all his accomplishments, he is not the top dog. He's a good second man. That's not a put-down. I'm just saying he's better, his best attributes is being a supporting player, not the leader.
0: Right. He's not, he's not that dude. He wasn't that dude. He was always, he was always, you know, Robin to, you know, MJ's Batman. He was always, like, you know, second... You know, sec- he was always... Okay, let's put it in Star Trek uh, Star Trek terms. He was always Riker to MJ's Picard. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, if Jordan was the right... Was the, was the right fist of the Bulls, Pippen was the left. Right. I mean, that... I mean, and again, it's not a put-down. Just Scottie Pippen was... Better as Being Jordan's right hand Than he was at being the leader
0: At the same time you know We know MJ couldn't have did it without Pippen Right So it was like the perfect team It was the perfect marriage Exactly So you know Like yeah So Kevin Durant's not lying
1: No (laughs) Maybe I mean I'm not going to say that He's not a little thin skinned With criticism He probably is
0: Is he? Now see, once again, that brings me back to my earlier point. I I don't never knock KD's on the on the court skill. The boy is a beast. Oh yeah. My criticism always comes with his personality. Like like he's super thin-skinned. He's soft as toilet tissue when it comes to criticism. When it comes to comments, these analysts on TV and stuff, he's super soft when it comes to them. He's always got to respond. We had the whole burner account thing. All kind of stuff, man. You just need to let it go sometimes. Yep. Look, look, keep it scrolling.
2: Don't pay no mind. Haters going to hate. That sort of deal. Oh,
0: no. You can say anything about him, <laughs> and he will answer.
1: <laughs> yep. Booker fouled out, but right now at this point, I don't think it's going to matter. But um, I was going to say with um, for Kevin Durant, look on the bright side, man. It could be worse. It could be Ben Simmons.
0: Oh, jeez, I knew you were going to say that, bro. Man, what a difference a series makes.
1: Yeah, I mean, seriously, is the dude just scared of winning or scared of taking a shot? Because that's I what it know, feels man, like.
0: Because Shaq uh, brought up a good point on inside the NBA. The dude was averaging 14 points a game, so it's not like he wasn't scoring. Right. All of a sudden, it's like the dude is scared to put the ball up. What happened between the first series and now?
1: Right. I mean, that look, that slam dunk that he could have made that would have tied that game was well within his ability. It was uncontested, and you're 6'10". Do the math.
0: Like he brought up, he brought up the excuse that he he knew somebody was behind him, and he thought they were gonna da 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 da. So he ended up passing the ball, but the dude he passed the ball to immediately got double his dang self on uh, Diable. So I'm like, oh, you could have went ahead and went up and got fouled.
1: Yeah, you see when so he
0: there it but therein lies the problem: his foul shots. Yep. so was that in his head thinking if I go up and don't get this done I'm going to have to go to the fire line and that's my big bugaboo so yeah. is it in his head is he spiking himself out
1: well that's what I was going to say with, how, with what he had said it, why he did it my thought was bull you got scared and I always think that back
0: that's the same thing. He got scared, scared to go to the foul line.
1: Yep. And I always think back to that, to that quote from uh, from The Replacements: "Winners always want the ball when the game's on the line." So it's like, dude, why the hell weren't, why the hell didn't you want it?
0: Like, if he goes up for the dunk, he knows he's gonna probably get fouled. Which gonna put him on the foul line. And he knows his shooting has been trash. Yep. So that's why he bugged out.
1: Yeah. But like
0: that... he's like, it's like it's hundred percent in his head, I think. That's why that's why I was saying, like, yeah, dude is scared. It's like it's it's, it's man, it's something you gotta work through. I don't know what happened between the first series and then because like like you said he was averaging like 14 points so that means you were scoring dude so what happened in that series Did you just like dude he had one game he was like zero for zero another game he was two for two another game was zero for zero another game he was three for three and most of them was from free throw line i'm like dude what the hell
1: yep and you know when the press was asking Doc Rivers after the game do, does does he think that Ben Simmons is the guard they need to be a championship team and he said I don't know how to answer that translation not a chance in hell He didn't want to
2: throw
0: that man under the bus but you know he you knows like Yeah He seriously doesn't know because he's he's seen him the whole season we, we, we all seen that the dude has shooting problems, but they weren't that bad. To where you weren't shooting, like, to where he didn't score a game. Yeah. They I... didn't have any games this season where he didn't score any points. So, I'm like, that's probably a legitimate concern where he's like, I, re- I seriously can't tell you.
1: Yep. Yeah, and you know, if he did feel confident about Ben Simmons, it's not that hard to say, he's our guy. I'm, I, in answering I don't know, might as well have just been him saying no. And some I was talking to a buddy of mine and, asked, and the topic came up of, do we see Ben Simmons return or back with the Sixers next season? I, I'm saying no. But at the same time, You think other teams didn't see that? I mean, I'm not saying no team will take a chance on him, but it's going to be hard to shop him around.
0: It's tough because during the season, he was putting up all-star numbers. So, I mean, it wasn't until the playoffs, particularly this one series, out of the playoffs where he went like super cold. So you can't deny that the dude could play. It's just that he got to this one series and he just the switch went off. Like somebody about to pay a light bill. So it's not like you can't win with him. It's not like he done went trash all of a sudden. It's this one series he just went and the light went out like the, the game like the game got turned off. Yeah. You got to find out where he is in his head that he can get over this and get back to playing at a high level. Yeah. Now, if he can do that, if, he, if they can find a way to do that, then yeah, he can stay on the team. Or if another coach thinks that, hey, I think I can work with him. I think I got the, the, the know-how to fix whatever is wrong with Ben Simmons that happened in this one damn series. Then somebody, like you said, somebody will take a fly on him. Because this is just one series where he just went completely cold. Yeah, He has a whole season where he was playing at an all-star level. So you know it is there. It is not an anomaly.
1: Right. I mean... Th- it, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I'm, again, I just cannot see him returning to the Sixers next season.
0: It's hard because a lot of people are burying him right now, like everybody, ESPN,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, all the shows, they're burying Ben Simmons, hard, but at the same time, you gotta look at this smart, it's, it's the cool thing to do to bury him, alright, cool, whatever. You got to look at the smart, though. You got a whole season of this dude playing at an all-star level. You got the first two series um, where he was playing good. And then all of a sudden, this series, bam, the lights went out. So it's something that's got to be fixed. Yeah, his shot was already trash, but the dude was at least averaging 14 points a game. So he was scoring. He was contributing. So you gotta fix whatever is wrong. He's gotta wanna fix whatever is wrong. And yeah. like I said, it's gonna be hard to trade him. I think he. I think. I think saying that he's not gonna be back is a little premature. That's a, that's a little knee jerk. Cause like like I said before, he was playing at an all star level. You go ahead, you get rid of him because of this one series, and uh, and he goes to another team and starts playing back uh, gangster again. You gonna feel like a dick.
1: Yeah, I I don't You're deny that. Dunce. But I mean it. Yeah, and you know I was gonna say with not just ESPN, but hey, you know how demanding Philly fans can be
0: true that'll definitely
1: be the first one to turn on oh and i'm guaranteeing you after that game and that what happened he they were burying him alive oh man this game's coming down to the wire hard to tell who has the more who has more pressure on them i mean Clippers are behind by only a point, but at the same time, if they they lose this game, do you really want to go back to Phoenix three games to one? So, man, I mean, this this is going to be interesting, man. But, you know, we've, that, you know, you want to talk about elect? I think t- one of the most electric crowds that we've seen in these playoffs has been Phoenix. The Phoenix fans are were freaking wild.
0: Yeah, that was a surprise. I haven't seen them like that in years.
1: So, th- <clears throat> I mean, so, going back to Phoenix three games to one with that crowd, oh boy... Clippers, you got a huge plate in front of you if you if you have to do that. But it I like I said it before, I'll say it again, man. I love playoff sports. You? And like I said, I know you're not big on hockey, but Montreal Canadians are back in the Stanley Cup for the first time in twenty plus years.
0: You know, say.
1: They hold the record, man, for the most championships won of the big four. They hold because they've won the Stanley Cup more times than anybody else. hmm But I don't I think they surpass every if you take any of the teams that have the most championships, they surpass that. In fact, I'm looking up how how many they've won. Twenty-four. Wow. They've won the cup twenty-four times. So and yeah, so they have more championships than anybody in football, baseball, or basketball. You get you gotta give credit where it's due, man. But you know. I'll say this: If Phoenix does somehow—not not just with this series—if they pull off winning the whole thing, I'll be happy for Chris Paul, the dude who's everybody has been saying that it seems to be snake bit, and he finally pulls it off.
0: Yeah, man. Oh, bruh. Oh, it, it was looking kind of—it was looking kind of wonky there with that shoulder, man.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell, you and I—I I mean, when he went down, I thought, "Oh man, if, if they lose Chris Paul, they're not winning nothing." But what happens? He's still in there, and uh, they cracked my boys right in the mouth.
0: Shit, on top, on top of that, um, like Booker decided to, to, to step up, take it, take it up another, <laughs> another notch, man. He really, he really filled the bill there. Oh yeah. Chris Paul went out.
1: And we just saw Chris, or we just saw Paul George miss a free throw shot. And you know, you talk about how quickly people or analysts or fans turn against a guy. <laughs> game two, they were all over Paul George because because the last he missed both free throws in yeah. game two and. For the most part, he was firing... Bla- <laughs> oh, he missed two again. He missed both shots. Man, this, this is one wild series, man. But, oh, man. Th- right now, it's looking like <laughs> Clippers have got their hands full heading back to Phoenix. But, you know, I mean... they. Look, I knew it wasn't going to be a sweep. Clippers were too good to do that, or are too good of a team to get swept. But if you are expecting me to believe that they could, the they can pull off a comeback like they have before, or in the previous two series, and beat and beat like beat Phoenix four straight, no, I just don't buy it. Up, oh, two point game, and less than six seconds left. I don't know, man. I mean
0: it's gonna be a tall it's gonna be tall order to do. I mean, they could. I mean, not there's nothing I I'd never say no.
1: Yeah.
0: Like you could def, it's not out the realm of possibility. It's gonna be tough as hell though.
1: Yeah. And also, if this goes to a game seven, do you really want to go a game seven in Phoenix?
0: Hell no, that's gonna be electric.
1: Oh God! You think they're you think they're electric now? Good Lord! They'll just you you'll be a they'll be so electric you can probably see that from see that from space, man. Probably see that crap from the Hubble. But oh man, it, the way it's looking, man, it looks like this. It's exactly what's gonna happen is that it's going back to Phoenix three one. I got to say, some of the officiating with the refs, I mean, look, we all, look, we've all been there before with this, but man, the refs have been just extra stupid this, in this playoffs. Man,
0: like, oh, bro, like, they don't want nobody criticizing them. they did like the NFL refs, they don't want nobody criticizing them, but they make stupid calls and stuff that make you want to criticize.
1: Them. Yep. Chris Paul makes this shot, he puts this out of reach for Out of reach for the Clippers. Ugh. Well, it's a three-point game. They just need to keep them out of the hoop. Plus, if you look at how the Clippers have been doing with the three-point shots tonight. Well, ah, never mind. Looks like they're going. Paul George is at the free throw line again. (laughs) Dang. Well, let's see if he fires enough. If he fires two more blanks again, but like especially with both games in LA, like the refs have been just riding heavy on on Phoenix. by two. I mean, it just, I mean, especially with Booker, the refs just were all over him in both games. I mean, he had some. He almost got fouled out in Game Three. Now he is fouled out. That's it's all right. I... NBA refs doing too much. Yeah. It's like just do your job, man. Oh. get it wrong. It's like, like they, it's like they
0: read not the NFL play, uh, referees playbook or something.
1: Yeah. They
0: have replay, and they still
1: get it wrong. Oh. Chris Paul lost his shoe. The hell? (laughs) How the hell did that happen?
0: State Farm commercial.
1: Oh, jeez. Oh, man. He's like, hey, wait a minute. So it's basically that the same equivalent as a guy losing his helmet in the NFL.
0: (laughs) You're going to need that,
1: man.
0: (laughs) I don't know if you know this.
1: Yeah, it's like, okay, what? It's like, okay, has this ever happened? What do we do here?
0: Nah, I'm going to need Chris Paul to hit the
1: whistle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right, well, two-point game. I think Chris Paul's at the free throw again, and 1.3 seconds left. Oh, yeah, I think this game is pretty much done. Yep, that's three points. One more, and it's definitely out of reach. He makes... He's only five... God, he's only five for six at the free throw line. (laughs) Six for seven now. Yep. Oh, man. Bad situation for the Clippers. Going back to Phoenix. Going back to Phoenix. Three games to one. Oh god, I love playoff season, man. And but hey, I mean they, Phoenix bounced back after what happened in Game Three. That's that's what
0: happens in the playoffs, man. You you're not you shouldn't get like any sweeps in when you, when the uh, the talent level the, the the playing level goes up. Teams are going to get tougher. You're going to take – it's going to be a chess match. Somebody's going to throw a right. you got to counter that right. you got to throw a counter punch. And that's exactly what happened. They went through that counter punch, man. The Clips were like, shit, not tonight you're not. And then turn around, the Phoenix was like, oh, like hell we are. We're going home with this one.
1: And, you know, Utah could have won that series when Kawhi went down if they capitalized on that advantage they didn't
0: that's a that's a big thing right there they didn't capitalize on that
1: yeah and Phoenix they're not letting up and I gotta be honest man with the for the Clippers that um with Kawhi I don't think we're seeing him back in this series
0: I don't think so either, man. Like, even if this does get drawn out, I don't see him. I don't see him coming back. for man, for the most part, a lot of people thought it was, a lot of people thought he was gonna be out for the rest of the for the rest of the playoffs anyway. They was afraid that was gonna be an ACL, so they kind of dodged a bullet with that. But the fact that you know it wasn't doesn't make it still more likely that he, he's going to come back anytime
1: soon. Right. I mean, he, they're, I mean, they're still not given a timetable on when he'll be back. So that, that they don't know. And at this point, I just think it's worse than they're letting on.
0: Yeah, it's not something you're going to rush. It's not like it's a it's like a sore knee or anything. They had to wait for the swelling to go down. we're going to take a look at that. That's something that's gonna be out for like a couple of
2: weeks plus.
1: Yeah, and you know, with heading it with the rest of this series, the leverage is now fully on Phoenix. Because for the Clippers to survive, they have they actually would have to beat. They'd have to beat this team three straight games. I don't think it can be done one game yes not, maybe
0: not the way yeah one game maybe then, two like i said before phoenix will counter punch so it's yeah it's gonna be hard to beat them three straight
2: yeah and... like,
0: they, can go, like, they can go back and get this next one yeah but then phoenix will mess around and counter punch
2: yeah
1: because the, the key thing here is clippers have to beat them three straight games Phoenix only needs to beat them one more time. So, at this point, I think, I mean, even if it doesn't end on Monday, I think Phoenix has taken this one.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, it'd be one, I they'd have more of a chance if the Clippers actually tied this series up. The fact that you're going, that now you're in the position where one more loss and you're out, it's, it how the skill scale, scales have been tipped
0: yeah it looks a lot more unlikely now especially since you couldn't get the uh you couldn't get it done tonight yep. Now it looks a lot more unlikely because you got it win three straight
1: yeah and what happens if they say kawhi will play at this point i don't think it's going to make much of a difference and if it's
0: gonna, it's gonna be like the whole james hard situation yeah Oh, man, James Harden's coming back. Yeah, you got like one-third of a James Harden. He scored like, what, 11 points, 14 points or something? Yeah, you didn't get the full James Harden. If Kawhi comes back, you're not going to get a full Kawhi. So you're probably going to get like, what, 10, 11 points, as if you're lucky. Yeah. You don't know what kind of situation he's in. He's not even on the sideline. He's up there in the in the in the boot, right? In the box in there, so we don't know what type of situation he's in right now. Yeah. So you're definitely not gonna get a hundred percent Kawhi. He's gonna have like a lot of rust on him. He's gonna still be sore. Probably gonna be on a mid restriction. So, like I said, I doubt if he comes back this 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 series, man. You might as well go ahead on and just it's not even worth it.
1: Yeah, and. That's the other thing. You don't want... You don't want to risk him getting even more... Furthering injury. And you talk about Rust.
0: You you don't want that Kevin Durant situation. Right. Where you end up coming back too early and risking long-term damage.
1: Right. And you talk about Rust. He's been out a lot longer than Chris Paul was.
0: Yep.
1: So... He'll def, even if you did bring him in, even if he didn't get hurt again, he'd still be rusty. And it's like you said, it would be a third of Kawhi Leonard, not the full thing. And to have a chance, you'd need the full thing. But you know, other thing with the NBA, (laughs) some interesting coaching hires took place over the last couple of days. Mm hmm. Rick Carlisle getting that fat deal in Indiana. Jason Kidd is now the new coach for the Mavericks. Unless I heard Chauncey Billups is now the new coach for Portland. Yep. Now we're just waiting on. Now we're just waiting on to see who your boys pick pick up.
0: Yeah, it's from what I heard. They're interested in maybe uh uh Jock Vaughn. Uh, there was an assistant with the Nets and uh he used to coach uh under um uh pop, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm.
1: It's not Snap so,
0: so uh they're in, I think they're interested in him. Uh I heard Rick Carlisle putting a good word for Jason Kidd, which, which was surprising. Yeah. See routine is he's <clears throat> the one that left left the map. It's like, Hey, I don't want this gig but hey I know
1: somebody else to be good for it though and that was kind of wild yeah it yeah it's definitely interesting but you know Carlisle in Indiana with the deal he got he'll be well taken care of for the rest of his life
0: oh most definitely
1: it's like you, you know for me you don't you would you wouldn't have to pay me like that much hell half of what he got is more than enough for me my price tag is not that high.
0: Hell no, not like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I was given like hell, if I was given two million to walk away from something, would I do it? <laughs> yep. Like,
0: they wanted a top of the line coach. They know they needed they know they needed a top of the line coach. They were tired of getting these scrub new coaches and stuff. And they were like, yeah, um, they were like this top of this top flight coach, one of the longest tenured coaches in the NBA currently, just left his job in Dallas and is available. Hmm. Yep. Let's get all our let's get our briefcase together so we can throw this bag at him. Yeah. Seriously, that does not happen. That does not happen that often. Yeah. Where you got a coach that still wants to coach? He was one of the, the top flight coaches at the NBA and he just leaves the job he's at but still wants to coach. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen at all. So yeah, he he definitely he definitely was like we're throwing the bag at.
1: Right. But <clears throat> I mean it and you know, I'll say one more thing with the Clippers is that it even if Monday they're eliminated I got to give credit where credit's due to Tyron Lue. He he took them over the hump. Everybody t- talked about how they can't get past the second round, myself included, and he got them to do it. And he got them to do it without when their star player went down.
0: Yeah, that was pretty wild right there. Like, right now, Kawhi was still in there. I mean, we probably have a different ball game right
1: now. Oh, if definitely.
0: They did it. In fact, they were able to to maintain their poise when he went down. That was that speaks that speaks a lot.
1: Right. So the so like like I said, I'm giving credit where it's due. But now you got your work cut out for you because now you lost the momentum. You you would have had it heading back to Phoenix with the series tied. Now the momentum is fully on Phoenix. So it'll be interesting to see what happens and meanwhile, I'm still curious to see how how the Hawks re- tomorrow's game, how they react after getting that shellacking they took in game 2. Yeah, that that's
0: a little. that's probably that's- it also speaks to a little bit of the inexperience that I talked about last time.
2: Yeah, last true.
0: Year, um, the, you know, I feel a lot more confident in Atlanta, but there's that inexper- inexperience factor. That's that inexperience factor that reared his ugly head. Like, they went out there and showed they butt and everything and, you know, put that put that lump on the Bucs and didn't think the Bucks were going to come back with that heat. She, they was like, oh, so we're going to disrespect us today. That's what game we're playing. All right, and they proceeded to beat the brakes off
1: him. Mm-hmm. Basically reacted like Damon Wayans in the Great White Hype when he took the overhand right. He was like, you trying to embarrass me on TV? And then just whoops on on Terry Conklin. <laughs> That's basically what it was. He's like, you trying to embarrass us in front of the whole nation, and they just crack them right in the mouth. Basically. But the lesson for the Hawks to learn to learn from that loss, as long as the Bucks, as long as the Bucks have Giannis, they're a threat. And you know, that's another one I give all the credit in the world to is the Hawks. The second they were in the playoffs, everybody thought there's no way they're gonna make it this far, that they're gonna be out in the first round. They cracked the Knicks right in the mouth. And then they actually they
0: You're playing the disrespect card the whole
1: mm-hmm. day. Yep. And they they took the Sixers to the limit and came out on top. The the number one seed in the East, and they took them down so anybody that hasn't given the the props to atlanta my advice is start because even if they don't win this series against the bucks hey they proved their that hey we're here and we deserve it
0: if anything this will be some this will be like some experience points for them going forward like even if they don't win this series it'd be some it'd be some mad experience points they gain from having to play all these teams at a high level, playing the Sixers, playing um playing the Bucks right now. It'd be some experience points for this young team. Because like I said, they came in the game too, you know, shaking their nuts and stuff at them. Uh-uh, that's not what you wanna do. You just woke up, you gave them the you gave the Bucks a slap in the face. That's what exactly what they did. Because they were feeling themselves. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, snap. The, the damn Hawks, they they for real. Oh, They for real life playing out here. We need to and get our stuff together. So they came out there and proceeded to, dis, proceeded to dismantle them. So now it's like there's, there's no more surprise factor. Now they know you for real so the bullets
1: are going to start flying live now yep big time alright so talk. I know we kind of threw it out of order but hey it's the way we go now let's talk a little wrestling so Ro- Roman versus Edge the match that, that Edge said should have happened at Wrestlemania and some people feel the same way we're now getting that at Money in the Bank I'm curious to see what happens with this one. I don't think Edge is going to be the one to dethrone Roman. But I'm curious to see how they do things differently with this match.
0: It's something. I mean, you got the one-on-one factor now. That's cool. Uh, uh, I guess.
1: (laughs) We still don't know what's going on with Jimmy Uso or with Jey Uso.
0: Yeah, that's, that's kinda weird, man. That's kinda weird. And uh Roman doesn't all the way trust Jay. So there's that. He's still making him jump through hoops. And Paul Heyman as well. Making making uh Jay jump through hoops. Gotta go out and win this match. Or else <laughs> that sort of deal. Oh, you wanna you wanna prove yourself be be the right hand man? Oh man, this is this is kind of interesting. That's the most interesting part of the of the of the uh, story right there. The, is that it, it seems like Jay is falling in line, but they're still making him jump in hoops to kind of see if he is or not. Yep. that's kind of weird.
1: Yeah, it is. But um, you know, I've gotta say with I mean. Talk a little bit, a little bit about AEW, man. Joey Janela is out with a concussion, and Trent beretta had neck fusion surgery, so once again he's back on the shelf. I know injuries happen, man, but damn. Man, look, I didn't even know he got
0: hurt like that. Cause I just saw him on Dark. Not too long ago, yep. like the other day, I saw him on. all uh, was Dark and Dark Elevation, and he didn't wrestle, but you know he came out with the with uh with the rest of the the, the best friends and um Orange Cassidy and uh, Statlander. So yep. I didn't know that he was injured like that enough for a whole you know neck fusion surgeries. Man, I hope he uh. I hope he
1: can
2: uh, get well soon. Yeah, That's same great. here.
1: But, uh, but you know, you th- you think that FTR had already turned up the heat with the with the feud with them against Santana and Ortiz? Oh, tonight they did the worst thing they could possibly do. Laying out Conan. Never mind kicking their ass. Santana and Ortiz are going to kill them.
0: Dude, I told you, I told you before that that, that dual promo they had, um, the little vignette they had with, uh, with, uh, Proud and Powerful, the little split-screen deal, that was great. Because you had the two of them, you know, the two teams, you had the, the compare and contrast type deal where they feel like they can relate to Santana Ortiz and then Santana Ortiz are like, no you don't and then you get this segment tonight just when you didn't think it could get any better, any realer you get Conan speaking on their behalf against Tully oh my goodness, I knew this was going to be flanked but man Conan proceeded Tully let Conan go first. Big mistake. <laughs> yep. Cause Conan ripped this dude. He 100% buried Tully. I'm like, dude. For one, he, I love it when he hit him with the when he hit him with the line like, you might wanna uh, learn uh, Spanish because you're gonna need it to talk to your grandchildren. Oh man. Bro. Everybody you if you know, you know what he meant by that. I thought that was nice. And then when he hit him with the um when he hit him with the line about uh Walmart hired hired for greeters.
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: Dude, that was cold blooded. He said uh he said North I Car- said I understand you guys are from North Carolina. Where men are men, and the, uh, the sheep are scared.
1: <laughs> oh, man. You know, you cannot...
0: I Conan was on fire tonight, man.
1: You cannot deny how good on the mic Conan is at a promo.
0: Hell yeah.
1: I mean, that's why when with both versions of LAX, why he was the perfect mouthpiece... Anybody else they tried after just didn't work.
0: Dude, like, it kind of sort of worked with uh, Eddie Kingston.
1: Well, yeah, with I, Eddie, but...
0: I love when they were going at it in Impact.
1: Mm-hmm. When it
0: was Conan versus Kingston. Ooh, that was good stuff right
1: there. Oh, God. I, I still watch if I, when I find it that promo where Conan's ripping on him. And says, by the way, the bosses want to give a message. The ceasefire is over. And they all start fighting. I'm like, oh, man.
0: Like, yeah, man. They were cutting fire for was like everywhere he's gone. Like, when he was uh, um, working with MLW. Oh, man, he was cutting some fire stuff over there, too. Everywhere. And, he, like, tonight he was on. Yep. Like you say. Like shh FTR like they turn around. They they jacked up Santana and Ortiz in the back. Then they proceed Power Drive uh Conan. Woo boys gonna be hot, man. You they gonna get that heat back? You 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 most definitely gonna get that receipt. So man, that's gonna be in I like how they splintering off. Yeah. This whole food. The
1: intersect
0: mm-hmm. the inner circle and the pinnacle still battling but they're splintering everything off so you're getting ftr and santana ortiz in their own little segment their own little thing while you got jericho sammy mjf spears all that going on to the left so it's, it's good i love
1: it yep and oh man sammy coming to the aid of chris jericho he takes on Spears. He takes on Warlow, and takes takes on MJF. Then he grabs the chair and attacks Warlow, and then he he sees MJF. Oh, that look in his eyes—you could tell there was nothing Sammy wanted worse than to wrap that chair around MJF's head.
0: Oh yeah, man, that match is going
1: hot. Oh man, and and then he just proceeded to just smash that chair right over Spears. It's like, MJF. <laughs> man, you have no idea what you're walking into because that ain't a wrestling match you're walking into. That's a fight. Because Sammy is going to be gunning for his head. And I am looking forward to that. And, you know, I got to tell you, man, the uh, with NXT, a couple of things. It's like you said. Kyle O'Reilly, and Kushida. Oh, that's damn good television. But then that swerve where now Roderick Strong is now leading a new stable, and they got Malcolm Bivens as is now, as their manager. I like it.
0: Man, that came square out of left field too, man. Like Adam Cole coming back and attacks uh, Kyle O'Reilly, and they're squaring up in the back. I mean, in uh, the side, and Samoa Joe has uh, the refs and everybody tending to them, and you got Kishida in the ring still chilling. Next thing you know, wham, he gets Molly Wobb, like, whoa, timeout, flag on the plate. And come to find out, it's that's the diamond mine that we've been hearing about. And it's Malcolm Biffins, and they unmasked, the and it's Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, Tyler Rustin, um, I forgot the other cat's name. Suzuki. Uh, yeah, and I'm like, dude, what the what the cheese? Because uh, we've been wondering where where, you know, where Roderick St- uh, Strong's status was. What's up with that? Where, where is he? Where is he doing? Where is he at? <clears throat> Why have we ever heard from him?
2: Yep. And
0: just, what's going down?
2: So and-
0: man, that's gonna be very very interesting.
2: And you know, I'm in
1: favor of Malcolm Bivens being the mouthpiece, because frankly, it's always been the one weakness on Roderick Strong. He's not a terrible talker, but he's not fantastic at it.
0: Yeah, it's like it's not like he's bad or anything. It's I don't know. It's like he's like you missing a little something.
1: He's too wooden.
0: Yeah, my, Malcolm Bivens is mud. He's so he's super undeniable as a manager.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: that this would be great to have like a team, like a a top like a team top flight type team to where you know he can speak for any one of them. And man, this is gonna be this is gonna be very very interesting. I'm I'm here for it.
1: Yeah, and you know I'll say this with dynamite tonight. No, neither one of us thought Jungle Boy was going to beat Kenny for the belt. But we knew it was going to be one hell of a match. And it didn't disappoint.
0: And it gave you that feeling that, that it they, it could happen.
2: Mm-hmm. I like how
0: they threw, they threw out um, the fact that the last time they had a Saturday Dynamite, Roy Lee upset Cody. So I was like, wow, they got a point. Mm -hmm. They got a point. So they put that bug in your head, making you think, hey, bro, it could happen. So, yeah, then then they got, then they made it an equal playing field. They made it an equal playing field and let them run. And you had that thought that, man, there's a chance he might put this, he might lay this down, do this. Yeah. And, we were, and the match was cracking. So, like, shout out to to, to Kenny and, and Jungle Boy because they did the, they did the damn thing,
1: big time. So, I mean, and now you got Ethan Page challenging Darby Allin to a to a casket match. I don't know if you for Ethan Page. I don't know if you want to be fighting. Darby Allen in a match where rule book is basically out the window. Because basically,
0: yeah, I, mean, I mean, I understand you got your your buddies Scorpio Sky and stuff, but I mean, he still got Sting, and then the dude. Uh, if it, when it comes to one on one, the dude's not. I don't know if you noticed, dude's not all there. <laughs> yep. He's not all together. When it comes to putting his body on the line, he'll hurt himself just to hurt you.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're wrestling him in a match where it can take place in, out of the ring, anywhere in the building, so long as it ends with one person in a casket. You're you're playing on a level where Darby Allin is well within his element. So, I'm questioning the how smart a move that was for Ethan Page.
0: Oh, yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna be something.
1: Yeah, and you know, gotta say with the whole this whole feud between Christian Cage and Matt Hardy, you know, anybody that was complaining about they're gonna shoot Christian right for the world title, one, they're not. They haven't. And... This program, there's some meat on the bone with this with this feud. I like it. Yeah, I know. I like
0: they Bring up the, the past and everything. Uh, I like how they, uh, like, Matt Hardy's incorporating his young tap, uh, young talent, bringing them in. He's been he's been bringing in a uh, private party, sending them after them bringing in THG, sending them after them. Everybody, everybody's gunning for uh for Cage, and they actually make you like care. Like, dude, he said there he said he's gonna contribute to his retirement fund. He cuts him a check. I'm like, dude, and he's like, it's kind of it's kind of wild because Matt Hardy's like, we had a handshake agreement. <laughs> We had a handshake agreement, like dude, it's a it's, it's a match where every, every man plays self. How the hell are you gonna have a handshake agreement? Yeah. So yeah, it's, 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 it's been good, man. It's been really good so far.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you know, other other area with the AEW, I gotta say this, man, they better still be if this is all the slow build to Adam Page challenging Kenny oh man don't keep us waiting too long man because dude is definitely he he's ready
2: he,
0: I, mean, I, have, I have like no problem the way they're, 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 uh, they're drag they're, I guess you could say dragging it out. Because you're building them up. You're building them back up. You're building this confidence back up. And you're putting these, these mountain, you're putting these different obstacles in front of him. First it was Cage, now it's Hobbs. And I'm pretty sure he's gonna be next man up. You even had a question that, okay, Cage got a win on him. So now then you had you had that in question. So he turn around, gets his win back, but then he has to face Hobbs. And now he beats Hobbs. So now you got him back on the top again. Yeah. So I think he's pretty much gonna be next man up. So it's gonna be interesting to see where they go, where they go from next. And I like what they're doing with Team Taz, how they're teasing the dissension in the ranks, and then with like Ricky starts wilding out and slapping, uh, slapping Cage, and then tonight he tries to go ahead and eat. Like timeout, whose belt is that? Whoa! How the hell are you gonna throw his belt? And then the Cage comes out, steps the belt back, and it kind of distract Hog enough for Page to get some offense back in so there's gonna be like a lot of, there's a lot of moving pieces with that dissension in the team Taz thing because you have Taz agreeing with Starks that you know when it comes to the cheating and everything you have Cage who's not on board with Starks doing all this cheating and then you have Hobbs who feels like hey Y'all over here fighting, you left me alone. And then you two, fighting again, you interfered in my match. So there's a lot of things going on, and Taz is trying to keep everything together. Man, I, 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 I'm really into that storyline right there.
1: Yep. And, you yeah, all I gotta say, WWE is more like, WTF in terms of yet even more releases. Of course, one of them was that writer that said when she was hired she had no she had no knowledge of wrestling whatsoever. <laughs> Way to go, stupid. I mean seriously, you belt that out, it's all over social media and you thought WWE wasn't gonna react to that? But then you're firing you fired Brazango, Everise, Killian Dane? Tony Nice Davari. it's like, what the hell? I mean, you want to say it's budget cuts. How many more do you need to release to actually be on on par in the budget? I got a bunch of, I
0: got a bunch of stuff uh, when it comes to the, the, these cuts. For one budgetary cuts call it what it is they signed a lot of people to some nice contracts to keep them from going elsewhere that's when they were doing a lot of their hoarding so a lot of those dudes that got cut were on the other side of some good contracts and they're they're not doing that anymore. So they were like, uh, yeah. You got a fat contract to be doing what? 205 Live? Uh-uh. Not now, snap, snipe, 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 and they started cutting people left and right. All the cast were getting these good contracts just to be on 205 live or to be sitting in the back? Nope. Not today. Snip, snip, snip. And that's where a lot of those dudes got cut. It wasn't because they weren't doing anything. It wasn't because, you know, ooh, budget, budget, we can't afford it. No, it's because they were cost-cutting. That's the same way, that's the same reason they got rid of Braun Strowman. Because Braun Strowman was getting like, what, damn near a mill, Or half a mill, Something like that. Mm-hmm. They cut him cause he got that fire contract at a long time. Yeah, and they weren't even gonna do him like that. So they—that's why they snipped him. They were snipping everybody that was getting these good. They had these good contracts before uh, Nick Khan took over. He's over here like, ooh, snap! You making what? Snip? Oh, timeout! You making what? Ooh, not today. Snip, snip. So now he's over here lining their pockets up, while he's over there cutting these people. Did not they don't even need to be cut? When they, when they did the first round of cutting uh, last time, they didn't need to cut anybody. So say. Yeah. So they they they'll they'll call it budget cuts, but it's just like you know making sure everybody continues to eat right.
1: Yep. And of course, I mean, how long did Samoa Joe last, or was he off the payroll before Triple H ends up bringing him back? Like what yeah, a. See,
0: that was that was wild because they had him. Wow, he was. I'm pretty sure he might have been one of those that was, you know, making some good money on the main roster. That was because he was still on a wrestler's contract. Right. At the time, he was just doing commentary. So they probably saw that as, well, oh, he's not going to be wrestling anytime soon. He's making this wild money. Nah, we already got dudes that can do his job. Snip, snip. Triple H was like, ooh, no, you didn't. Is you crazy? Uh-uh. brought him back in. Yeah. Which was smart. Because, like, if somebody clears him to Russell, like, as soon as that nine 90 days is, as soon as the 90 days is up, he's going to be the bell of the ball.
2: Yep. Ring of
0: honor, Impact, AEW, New Japan, everybody in their mama's going to want to talk to him. He's going to be a new cute girl at school. Everybody's going to want to holler. So Triple H was like, uh uh-uh. uh. Ooh, I, I understand y'all. We we all work together. We are family. But y'all are violent and brought him back in, yep. so nobody else could get. Cause that's one dude you're gonna hoard. That's one dude you definitely want to hoard because he he's automatically gone.
1: Mhm. And I gotta tell you,
0: <clears throat> wrap.
1: Yep. And I gotta tell you, I am I'm enjoying his new role on NXT.
0: Um, and, uh, and about the writer I'm not gonna lie She messed up Going on a podcast And spilling the tea About about uh, How she got hired And not knowing Bobby Lashley's name And all other stuff But at the same time WWE hired Just Woman with zero experience with pro wrestling. Oh, yeah. And not the first time. They've done it a bunch of times before. They just never had anybody go out and snitch on. So now you have everybody sitting there shaking their head like, Y'all did what? Is you serious? So it's a bad look. That's why she got fired. Yeah. Because so she went and opened her mouth and made them look bad. They already knew she didn't know nothing about the thing when they hired her. They already knew she didn't know nothing about Raw, Spagged Out, all that good stuff. So that's not the problem. The problem is she went out and snitched and told the world that they didn't know. And that's making them look even worse. Because you sit there and look at the product now and you're like, man, this product is trash. And then you hear this and you're like, wow, this is one reason it's trash. Cause they're hiring people to don't know, know jack about the th- about the old uh, product
2: yep. now granted
0: she said that she was going to go back she hadn't started right she she hasn't even wrote for them yet so she said she was gonna when she got hired she was gonna go back and watch you know past work or, or, the, or the situation to get caught up so she was gonna get caught up on wrong. And see where, you know, this character does this, this character does this. She was going to go do her homework. The problem was that she let out, that she was hired with zero pro wrestling experience and didn't know the product. That's where she messed up at.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's like working at a Starbucks and not drink, and even though you don't drink coffee. Or know anything about it, but but I said, she
0: wasn't the first. She wasn't the first person they hired that didn't have any wrestling, pro wrestling experience. It was just the, she was just the first one to go snitch and tell the world.
1: Yeah. So yeah, she made a mistake, but it don't mean that WWE's off the hook for the fact that with their their lack of quality in writers and how they try and find them.
0: Right, they're out here hiring comedy writers. Like, for one, if you're a comedy writer, well, we haven't seen what she can do anyway because, like, she got fired before she could even start. But, yeah, their their stuff has been, like, really corny. Mm -hmm. So I can see them... I can see them trying to hire people to, for comedy. Oh, man, it's, it's a bunch of stuff with them,
1: man. Yep. And I got to say, so far, with who they have and money in the bank, at least for the guy's side, I don't see either one of those guys winning, the, winning that briefcase. Much less having a successful cash-in.
0: That part. That part, the successful cash-in part. Cause like if Ricochet were the win were to win, I could see him cashing in on Bobby Lashley because they have the history. But would he successfully cash in? Nope.
1: Nope. Definitely not. I do think though, if a SmackDown guy wins the money in the bank. It may be the one way you actually get the belt off Roman and have him actually still look strong is having somebody pull that off. But we still need to see the rest of who's going in for that, for that, uh, for the Money in the Bank match. And as far as as I know, we got what, maybe one or two women for the women's side? Yeah,
0: you got uh, Carmella and you got Liv Morgan.
1: Right. So, but whoever.
0: The popular popular theory going around is that Big E wins money in the bank, but instead of cashing it in on Roman, he goes back to Raw and rejoins the New Day. By that time, he can still do his own solo thing, but he's going to cash in on Bobby Lashley. Because Bobby Lashley done messed over not only Xavier Woods but also messed over with Kofi. And them's his boys. So he cashes in on Bobby Lashley.
1: Yeah, and you know if Drew was in the match, I could have not, not only here's the thing, something similar to what you're saying, I could have seen him with if he won the briefcase, cashing in, but not cashing in on Bobby Lashley. Cash it, because. Because, let's not forget, they got some unfinished business from Survivor Series.
0: Right. Now, there is that last, that last, uh, whatever they were called, the last chance, uh, thing they're doing. So, I think AJ's gonna be in there. Uh, Drew, I think, is gonna be in there.
1: Probably Randy.
0: Yeah, I think Randy's gonna be in there. So I can see that, I can see either Drew or Randy winning that because Matt Riddle won, so he's going to be money in the bank. Now I can see Randy being in money in the bank and they're having some conflict between the two. So I can see that happen. Yeah. Like you hey, said, if Drew gets in there, there's the whole situation of him taking money in the bank and instead of cashing it in on uh, Lashley, he cashes it in on Roman.
1: Yeah. And I could I could see him cashing in and surprising Roman with a Claymore and taking the belt. Plus, he got a fresh feud to go with. Because, what? let's face it, we're sick of Drew and Bobby Lashley that too and speaking of fresh feuds they need new contenders for for Bianca fast because people are gonna get sick of her versus Bailey
0: like yeah that shouldn't even be a thing she beat her clean already that shouldn't even be a thing right now they really need to build like the, the rest of these women up so they can go so they can become viable uh, challenges and stuff right. Uh, I heard, I heard um, them talking about calling uh, Shotzi Blackheart up. I think she was backstage at uh, SmackDown, if I'm not mistaken. So that could be a thing. They still got me and him out there
1: yeah. doing God knows what. So, man,
0: they need to they need to rotate their women and, and
1: shh. Yep. Yeah. I tell you, one guy, I mean, on the men's side, I don't know where where he is, but man, I don't know what the hell is going on with Keith Lee.
0: Nobody knows. Like people like tweet and try to pick his brain and you know poke and prod and see what see what's up with him. At first, people thought it might have been an injury thing. <laughs> people might have thought it was like an injury thing. And he really hadn't said and then at one point he even be tweeted something that he was gonna, you know, speak out and say you know, speak on the situation and everything, and he never did. And then some people felt like it might have <laughs> been a contractual type. Deal. Right. So man, whatever it is, he can't speak on it and it's it's wild. Cause nobody knows if he's injured or not, and nobody knows if it's a contractual thing or what. What's the deal? Nobody knows.
1: Yeah, and the last thing anybody that I've seen about him was that he was trying to file trade, file a trademark for his name, but it was denied because WWE's is also trying to file it, but they can't, cause he has. They need his consent. Wait.
0: Yeah, I heard about that.
1: So, at this point, like, there's a certain timetable for their application. When that expires, then he can try again. But it's like, right. why are you going this far to trademark your name? Unless there's something we don't know. And, I guess, and if it's a th- that he's not happy there, he wants out, or not happy with what WWE's... N- doing with him or not doing all I can say is how the hell do you screw up with him talent like him and you're messing that up
0: but see that's the thing like they started when they started letting um a lot of these indie wrestlers keep their name which was which we thought was cool okay Adam Cole's Adam Cole Kyle O'Reilly's Kyle O'Reilly Samoa Joe's still Samoa Joe all right, cool. They didn't have to change their names to Seth Rollins or or Dean Ambrose or anything like that. They got to stay who they were when we we first met them. You know, we still we still get Roderick Strong. We still got Samoa Joe. So Keith Lee comes up, and guess what? He's still Keith Lee. Great. Now you want to go ahead and cut, you know trademark your name? Cool. 'Cause everybody else is. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Like, we saw Samoa Joe get cut. Look at that. Same thing, um, right here. We like we hope that Keith Lee get back to wrestling and this, that, and the other. But if it's like a trademark contractual thing, let it go. Let yeah. the man wrestle. Let him take, keep his name, because everybody else kept their name. Let him keep it, and just keep it pushing.
1: It's like how Impact fought over the broken moniker with Matt Hardy. It's like, where did that really get you? All it did was cost you hundreds of thousands in legal fees for something that really it would have saved you a lot of money if you just let him have it.
0: Right, like it was his idea. Let him keep it. Keithley is his idea. Let him keep it. Like like I say, you let everybody else keep their name.
1: It's like how Impact wouldn't let Santana and Ortiz keep the name of LAX. It's just so petty.
0: Like they see that's different. Because LAX was around before they got there.
2: Right.
1: Yeah, that yeah that that's true, but
0: yeah, they weren't the first LAX. Right. That's like DX. Like you weren't the first DX.
2: Right.
1: But yeah, it's a different circumstance, but at the same time, it's like, what, what difference does it make? Ah, no man. Like,
0: it, it, it makes a difference if you want to do another uh, another LAX. Like we seen we seen them do that. Yeah. Like like they did like we didn't we didn't think there was gonna be another LAX after Hernandez and uh homicide and bam we got Santana and Ortiz. So what if they decide they got some two uh some two uh Latino wrestlers they wanna resurrect LAX? They can do that.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's kind of like with uh, the new Suicide Squad movie, how at first they were going to have Idris Elba be Deadshot, but they decided to change it up in case they were able to make another movie and had Will Smith return as Deadshot.
0: Yeah, because I thought he was going to be Deadshot for real.
1: But then I'm reading the description, and dude, it's like, you're basic, it's basically Deadshot with a new name. Because the whole thing, how he's got a daughter and stuff.
0: Yeah, I thought he was dead shot.
1: Yeah, I thought so. Instead, they, it's blood sport. But, you know, as we transition from wrestling, we talk a little bit about entertainment. So, we'll talk about the Suicide Squad trailer. The final one was released. Dude, what did you think?
0: I liked it. I like it from, I like the first one. <laughs> I, I mean, the first trailer did what it did, what it needed to do. The second one, man, it just, it just solidified that. It looks like a fun ass movie.
1: Yeah. And you know, maybe we'll, I mean, we've all, we've said for Margot Robbie playing Harley Quinn, two movies and comes up flat, but it's never been her. That's the problem. Now we may finally actually get Harley, Qu- her Harley Quinn in a good movie.
0: Right. It's always been, it's not been her portrayal of Harley Quinn. It's always been the writing around it. Yep. It's like with Birds of Prey, they were doing too much. Yep. It was more like the Harley Quinn movie than it was Birds of Prey. Right. So And, it, and, it, and the way they wrote the rest of the characters felt kind of flat. Right, like literally everybody, and they, and they were they were good actors and actresses. It's just like they felt like the writing around them felt felt you know kind of off. Then of course you had the um, the first original recipe Suicide Squad. Not a bad lineup, just like a kind of flat story. So
2: yeah,
1: and a shitty villain too that too i'm sorry
0: so so this right this right here mm -hmm. man it just looks fun as hell
1: yeah and it's definitely got to be rated r when you see killer or king shark rip a person in half
0: Ooh, like like i said that first trailer that did it for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) king shark ripped that dude in half i'm like
2: god damn
1: yep you know, that, I heard at first with King Shark, they wanted to go, James Gunn wanted to go the hammerhead route. But with the whole positioning of the eyes thing, didn't think it would be, he didn't think it would go over well. So he just stuck with using a great white shark.
0: Oh, I'm glad they did. Me I'm glad too. they went that route.
1: It would have looked too weird. I mean, I think they've done it in the comic, it just... I just don't think it would have looked good on the big screen.
0: But yeah, I'm glad they, I'm glad they went the route they did because he looks great. And on top of that, like everybody else, these weird ass, these weird ass villains and stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: It, 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 it just looks a fun ass movie. I can't wait because it just looks like a fun ass movie. They're out here cracking jokes and stuff like they do in the comics yep. and stuff. They're riffing off of each other like they do in the comics. It's It feels like a Suicide Squad mission.
1: And, you know, John Cena as Peacemaker, I think he'll do fine.
0: Dude, like the lines he had that they showed with him, It is it just seems, man.
1: Yeah. And I, it, don't
0: know, I don't know what it is, dude, but he, he, he feels like he nails it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, with Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, I think she's given a lot more in in terms not only just vocal but also emotional with Waller this go-around as opposed to the first movie, which I'm fine with because I think that was one criticism I had with the first one is that you, you have an actress as good as her and you're not really having her do or same or do do or act much in terms of... She's got more range than what you gave her in the first movie. Let her use it.
0: I always felt like Viola Davis was like... Amanda Waller was based on her. Right. <laughs> she was perfect for it. Dude. Dude, she was perfect Like every iteration that I've seen Amanda Waller. From like... From like Superman to Justice League to friggin'... Um, uh, what you call it, to, to CW, mm-hmm. Arrow, everything. It feels like Viola Davis, it feels like Amanda Waller was based on Viola Davis because she just fits it perfect.
1: Yeah, but you know, like in this, you had her like get pissed, raise her voice and stuff. That was what was missing. She's not completely void of emotion. She's just stone cold right it's like so have her do more and i think we're gonna get her really taking it to a whole new level with the character and i'm looking forward to that but you know <laughs> the other trailer we saw that was released this week was the new trailer for shang chi and the legend of the ten rings dude abomination returns and we're getting fin fang foom
0: movie that I was already sold on that the second trailer just solidified. Like, the first trailer I was sold on. I was like, man, this made me want to look up more on Shang-Chi. I read the one comic book back in the day and I knew a little bit of something, something but not a lot. This makes me want to know more. Mm-hmm. Like this, this, this right here, this not checked off so many boxes. This, 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 like, it did so much for the character. This trailer, because not only do I want to watch the movie, but now I want to know more about the character himself. So this, this, this did so much in just one trailer, and then you get the second trailer. All it did was solidify that I want to go watch the damn movie when it come out. But yeah, I mean, that's that's. That's what Marvel does right now. They take characters that you were kind of like, or you didn't really know much about, and now you're like, you know what? I think I want to know more about that character. Or, dang, that guy's going to be important. This movie's going to be important. So now you're sold on.
2: Yep.
1: And you know, much like Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm I'm choosing to walk into this with a completely open mind.
0: That's how I was, man. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know hide nor hear about Guardians of the Galaxy. I knew about the different aliens and the different. I knew about the Nova Corps and, you know, the Cree. Yeah, but I didn't know anything about the team itself. Never heard of Star Lord day in my dang life. Yeah. Until until um, till Guardians, and I was I was entertained super entertained. I was up. I was 100% on board. And the same way with Shane T. I know a little bit about Shane T. Don't know a lot. But man, watching this trailer, I'm like, damn, dude. I want to watch this. I need to go read up.
1: I tell you, though, if the villain in this is not the Mandarin, I will be stunned. Because
0: I, I'm not, I have to go look back, but I don't know if the Mandarin even has any kids, so I don't think it's the Mandarin. I think the Mandarin may be revealed in here because it has to do with the ten rings, Right. but I don't think the Mandarin is the main villain, unless the unless the Mandarin, you know, has kids, because what I understand, the dude change he was going up against was that. Yeah. And I don't know if Shane Chi's dad is the man. <laughs> yeah, you so, never know. So that's, that's one thing. Like I said, that's something you're going to want to either wait for the movie to come out or you might, you might want to go do, do some history deep diving. I think I might do some deep diving just to know about some stuff before I go into this. Even because, like I said, I'm going to go watch this regardless. But, yeah. you know, the, the comic book Inquisit- inquisitive part of me Wants to know more about Shang-Chi Like man This character's been a while for a while And I haven't you know really dug into him Let me see what he's about
1: Yeah And you know I I do like how they Modernized the ten rings Themselves That it's not simply just a ring on each finger That grants this power It's like kind of the rings They're, they're like almost they go around the arm And then like They're full of power. Yeah, I like the way they kind of updated it. Kind of had it. It kind of gives more of a intimidating factor, or just just it just seems more. It just seems different in a good way. And of course, man, there's the trailer that I watched the other day of Halloween Kills. Dude, I'm loving this.
0: Yeah, I'm not really a big Halloween dude.
1: I get it, but you know, I love. First, I love how they picked up from the last movie, where the- they see they're riding, they see the fire department riding past them to the house where Michael was left and Jamie Lee Curtis is screaming, "No! Let him burn!" And of course they try they go through the house one of the, and Michael Myers comes out. I'm like, "Uh, oh, why didn't they just listen?" But you know, it it's I know, it's your it's my thing more than yours, but I'm looking forward to it. I just hate the fact I got to wait a year before the damn thing comes out. Cuz it should have been released this year. But it, and you know, with the uh, back to the Marvel side, I gotta tell you, man, how much are you loving Loki?
0: Man, it's 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 weird because it's one of those. It's almost in the it's almost in the vein of, uh, Like, just when you have, you think you have the questions answered, they come up with some new questions. And you're sitting there a question you go through, but the difference is you're questioning everything because you think you know Loki's motivation. And then he does something different. And it's, oh, man, it's so good.
1: And then when you, how he's under the impression the timekeepers have always been there, and that including the people that work for them, and you find out, not exactly. So, every answer leading to another question. Yeah. That maybe it's not as solid, a, or maybe it's not as cut and dry as it looks. So maybe, like, there is some kind of loophole where Loki doesn't have to meet the same fate that he met in the timeline. So, uh, I... And It's hard to believe, man. We're only halfway through this this series. Right. So, but it... But I'm loving it. It's definitely up there, like you had said. And, like I've said this, it's impossible to not be entertained by Tom Hiddleston playing this character.
0: Oh, dude, he's so good.
1: Oh, he's fantastic. And I gotta say, the girl playing the... Sylvie, a.k.a. the female Loki... She's, she's damn good. She is, man. And somebody is, of course, posting memes. Saying, like saying, okay, if you're in love with the female doppelganger of yourself, does that count as masturbation? And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, man, I do
0: it too much. <laughs> that,
1: that is just so wrong. Oh, God.
0: Like, like dude, like, going... Like, before before Thor and everything, like, reading the comics, I would have never thought that Loki would be that dang interesting, that dang entertaining. And especially, I didn't think he'd sound like that. Now, I can't picture him not being Tom Hiddleston.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. It, he set the bar too high. He's irreplaceable. I mean, I can honestly say that about any, about about him is that it's impossible to have anybody else play that character. Like, you don't, if he ever walks away from that, you don't want that role touched by anybody.
0: Well, well I guess, I guess Loki's dead now.
1: <laughs> but, like, it's kind of like with, um, how a lot of heading into the sequel for Black Panther, no one really, the fan base really doesn't want... T'Challa recast. Nope. Different circumstances, but still, like, out of respect, you just everything that Chadwick Boseman did with that character, you don't want it. You don't. You don't want anyone filling in that. That's big shoes right. to fill.
0: Right. That that that's like that's like a double double-edged sword right there. Because for one, you want to pay your respect to that. To the actor and the character but at the same time, you wouldn't put that on the next dude. Nothing to have to follow that up. Yep. And they kind of lucked out that in storyline, his sister takes over at one point. Yeah. So you have that. You have a a a, a direction that you can take that. And tell the most beautiful gangster story. Oh my God, all the emotions. The action and the emotions and everything would be there. That theater or wherever you watch that movie would be electric. When she takes over and she honors her brother by becoming the, the new Panther. After everybody says that she should you can't do it. You can't fill your shoes. You can't do the, do the, do it and, and she looks, all oh, bro, she looks inside herself. And her brother believes in her. She believes in her. The, the Panthers before, she does it for, for her family. Oh, dude, all the emotions, man. That You think, you think those other... Marvel movies evoke some emotion. That right there? Ooh, not a dry eye in a damn house. And then you probably have everybody uh, get up off their feet, chanting and stuff again. Conifer. Like, whoa, if you thought it was wild for for the first Black Panther, it'd be crazy for this.
2: Yep.
1: But, you know, I mean, it. Like my stance on with what they're doing with loki i don't know where they're going but i'm enjoying the ride
0: that's another thing you think you like a lot of a lot of us had theories and stuff for what direction wandavision was going we don't have a clue where loki is going (laughs) but we know we want to see what happens next
1: yeah and you're curious to see how this is going to affect the MCU. And you're looking at this from what we've seen so far. There's no way this is not going to have an effect on it.
0: Oh, it's definitely going to have
1: it. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. And so I've seen the commercials heading into Season 2 of Stargirl. And I'm, I like how they kind of remind you that Shade arrived at the end of season one and i did like when um they show they saw the picture of him with the injustice society and when they asked pat what does it mean he goes nothing good but like that that's the only thing i know heading into it is shade is gonna appear for the first time in live action
0: Like yeah, I was down for that at the end of uh, at the end of season one, so I'll, I'll be very interested to see when they the, the pick up when they pick up for that season two.
2: Right,
1: and um, with Flash, I thought I saw a post saying it that we're about ni- seventeen or nineteen days away from seeing the Flash family together again, which means Nora returning. And the debut of Bart. I'm looking forward to that, man.
0: Me too, like man. Bart's like one of my favorite you so I'm definitely interested to see what they do with him.
1: Yeah. So it <clears throat> so it's gonna be interesting to see where they go with that one. And um Oh, the latest news I heard. So with Hasbro, how they seem to try and make every game or toy into a into a live action movie. Now they're turning the toy ser- the toy series Polly Pocket into a movie. Hello. And for the if memory serves, I believe that was their female equivalent of Mighty Max, which I just.
0: It basically was like right off, right off the rip. It's, it was Mighty Max, Polly Pocket, same damn thing.
1: Yeah, and you know, I loved the Mighty Max cartoon. Never had the toys because I knew I would lose something with how small those damn things were.
0: Oh yeah, me too. Like it was weird. I always saw the commercials and everything. wasn't really interested or anything. In it. it was small as hell. Yeah. They went there the to different locations, different, you know, villains, different this, that, and other and stuff. Yeah, I, I, I saw it. I wasn't into it. It's whatever. Cartoon came out. I was 100% into that. Oh, yeah. But, man, with Polly Pocket, like, how the hell does Polly Pocket even have a backstory? <laughs> yeah,
1: Yeah, I, I don't get that at all. It's like, you don't, look, not everything you make Hasbro has to be a movie. I mean, look, you got lucky with Battleship and yeah, you did make some mad money with Transformers for better or for worse. And, you know, I got to say about the next Transformer movie, The Rise of the Beasts. The big question that comes to mind with that, man, (laughs) is Michael Bay involved in
2: this?
1: (laughs) Because if they look, if he is damn. If he if he's not if they're kind of going off of what they did with Bumblebee, I'm all for it.
0: That's like everybody's big bugaboo. Do, do they did they actually learn this time around? Like you know what? I think people are into Michael Bay.
1: <laughs> Look, I was able to handle it with the first three movies, but you started to really see the decline with four and five especially five. And I, I I, will die on this hill. I, I, that was the first thing I said to my brother after I watched part five, the, the last night. I said to him, you've known me long enough to know how, how bad does something have to be that even I don't like it, especially with a Transformers movie. I mean, it... I mean, at least, like, part four, I thought it was cool seeing the Dinobots. But, other than that, man, it was like. I felt like, at the time, they should have just ended with the third movie. At least Bumblebee was good, though.
0: 100% lost my damn attention after the third.
1: Yeah. I mean, the third one, you had a good enough closer with it. Yeah, the Decepticons were defeated, the Autobots won. It's like, what more did you need? You know, looking back with those movies, <laughs> amazing how they were pushing as hell to, they're pushing like hell to try and make Shia LaBeouf the next big thing. Now look how he ended up. going pretty good. Ah, uh, well, he's had his, uh, share of troubles. I
0: mean, he did, he did pretty good after the Transformers movie.
1: For a bit, but then he, like, started getting in trouble with,
2: with the was laws. Was he
0: nominated for an Academy Award? Shia LaBeouf? I... What well, was in a, um, what that was, um, some kind of roundtable with, um, Jamie Foxx, Robert De Niro... Adam Sandler and a couple other people hmm. so yeah I think he's doing pretty good <laughs> that's good company I
2: don't
1: know. I'm trying to look that up to see if he had gotten nominated
0: but there's a, there's a um, video on YouTube um, where he's like on a round table But like all these uh Academy Award-winning um, actors and stuff.
2: Nope, never an Academy Award. He had a Screen Actors Guild nomination.
0: That might have been what it was
2: in Hollywood.
0: It, it might have been some. It might have been a, uh, a different award, and they got all those actors together. They were in the same category for something. Look it up. That, that's, a, that's a yeah. He's he's doing he's doing all right. He, he, that's, some good, that's some good
2: company. Although he has gotten quite a share of
1: uh, nominations for the Golden Raspberry for Transformers. At least the second and third one he had gotten nominated with that.
0: Is that a real award?
1: Yeah, there's that. The Rock accepted it for Baywatch, remember? At least he was a good sport about it, though. Hell, Halle Berry got it for Catwoman. And she she was there to accept it. Alright, so with that being said, people, it's time to transition. We're about to transition to Bite This, but first, the shout-outs.
2: Alright, this week's shout-outs go out to Trevor and Tyler Stoy, Crystal Simpkins, Katie Stoy, Bridget from Long Island, Eric from Clearwater, Patrick Mercier, Jackie Lindsey Guerrero, Jesse Schaefer, Steve and Susan Coulter, Carisha Tate, Renee, David Golnazarian, Cordero Aloa, Angelo Guerrero, Dan Saborio, Julie Saborio, Melissa Disbro, James Schlegel, Jim Post, Craig and Haley Crockett, Nico Brown, Ray Preventure, Billy James, Sean Musenden, Nathan Wallace, Justin Brannick, Priscilla and John Bays, Nathan Ellie, Patty Narragon, Tim Ridley, Mike McNulty, Jennifer Pastorini, a.k.a. Jennifer N. Sunshine, Damian Th- Thunder from Down Under, Batriel, Carly Iacos, Grady W. Smithy III, Graham Moore, Craig Coleman, Ben Kenber, Kat Sosa, Kelly Sawyer, J.P. Mayer, Adam Luz, Raymond Simon Jr., Lawrence Wilkinson, Will Ramos, Darren G. Morris, Travy Yankee, Amador Gonzalez, Hannah Kaplan, Brian Here Comes the Boom, Bustamantes, Carol Oshanis, Midnight Smoke, Colin Mags, Charles Phillips, Robert Miller, Trent Unruh, Ernie Venegas, Amaris McClure, Zach Dahlem, Jim Dickinson, Kevin Williams, Joanne Williams, Rob Liff, David Jason Perez, Josh Baker, June Groves, Jen Hopkins, Tim Markell, Ian Strang, Danielle Weir, Paul Ackerman, Chris Collins, Matt Kay, and Kelly Kay, Jody Parker-Hoschild, Paulo Andre, D. Almeida. Chris Collins, Vanessa, Dylan Williams, Chad Silverstein, Donald Townsend, Josh Stets, Owen Edmonds, Kristen Farley, Drew Stevenson, Jeremiah Morris, Susan Schlatter, Christian Ortiz, Rico Giorgio, Brian H. Waters and the Real Dwayne Allen of the Wrestling Realm, Graham Arnold, Gemma Williams of the Talking Cod Swallow Podcast, Jerry Rocha, Eddie Pence, and Cody Villafania of the Ramble Podcast. Ralph Garman, Eddie Pence and Steve Ashton and Carrie Watson of the Ralph Report. The guys at Because Fuck You That's Why podcast. The ladies of Bitches Bewitched Podcast. Hannah Kaplan's Embroidery Hannah's Embroidery at What a Piece of Stitch on Instagram. The ladies of EZLA on YouTube. The lovely Lindsay from Arkansas. And Queen Jay, the Sheenom Jennifer Wren Stewart. Eric from Clearwater and Nico Brown's podcast, High Fly Pod podbean.com and bridget from long island and my good friend aaron of the bi-coastal Biaches, featured on anchor and various other platforms and those are the shout outs
1: all right people now before we get into bite this time for some viewer mail and we got we got two of them this week t5 first first making his return we got maddie ice we got Matt K. writing in saying, "Hey, Sean and Travis. First off, I'm super glad you guys enjoyed my My Way top 10 cop, cops cops roll list. And he put in parentheses the obvious omission being Charles Bronson, as a cop on the trail of a nude serial killer in '10 to Midnight.' Man, how did you not include that one? I would have had a good laugh over over that one. I mean, man, Charles Bronson movies." Anyway, the, the rest is, secondly, thanks for fixing the flubs as it was hastily assembled. Yeah, no problem, man. I've got a list I'd like to suggest, especially since it's now officially summer. So slather yourselves with sunblock, put on those shorty shorts and tube socks, sharpen them archery and basket weaving skills, and start practicing kumbaya because I want those. Favorite summer camp movies. Have a great weekend, Maddie K. That is interesting, man.
0: Some are camp movies.
1: Most of the Friday the thirteenth movies were some were camp movies. Pretty much. Camp Nowhere. Meatballs.
0: Ernest uh, goes to camp.
1: Yep. I'm sure we could scrounge up some in that in that category. Mm-hmm. Alright, so we'll keep that one on there. And next one, we got Mr. D-Town himself, Donald Townsend. Starts off saying, I was also born in 81 and listening to that list of what came out, what movies came out that year. I'm sure my parents were too occupied with the plethora of awesomeness to worry about caring for me. I don't really read Marvel Comics because I spend way more than I should on DC and some of the more independent companies, but I think I'll give a couple of your suggestions a shot. You guys were talking about your appreciation of the what-if stories, and I really love quite a few of the Elseworld stories that happen at DC, and if you haven't already read them, I highly recommend Deceased. DC or Deceased. It's basically a zombie po- apocalypse tale, and it's brilliant. I also love the talk about celebrity crushes, and it reminded me of when I was a teenager absent-mindedly watching the Olympics, and then Dominique Morciano graced the screen. I was spellbound, and I remember my mom teasing me for days afterward about it. I couldn't pay any attention to them. When I saw her, I was absolutely transfixed. No judgment, man. Gymnast, it's those gymnast chicks, man. A few years later, she would have competition. Canadian singer and actress, and very much deserving of a star on the Walk of Fame, he said that in all caps, nominee, Avril motherfucking Levine. So many guilty pleasures wrapped up in there. Eh, I'm not going to argue with him on that one. Maybe agree to disagree. Speaking of guilty pleasures, I also watched Melrose Place as well as its spiritual twin models, Inc. Man, I forgot that show even existed.
0: Not me, I watched that.
1: And I told everyone I only watched it because my mom had it on, but I was all in. A few years ago, I de- <laughs> a few years ago I developed a strange one with pretty little liars. Again, no judgment. You guys should do a segment on guilty pleasures. Take care and look forward to hearing from you guys again, D Town. Guilty pleasures. Hmm. Dude, I one
0: hundred percent dig dig his letter yeah
1: oh yeah and i'm not ashamed to say pretty little liars would be one of them
0: i watched like one or two episodes of pretty little liars but like the equivalent to that for me would be gossip girl
1: yeah oh yeah that's that not only would be on my list that might be the front runner is gossip girl that was bit. That was what introduced me to the, to my crush on Blake Lively.
0: Dude, like I didn't think that I was I would be into that. It was like one of those shows, like The OC, where I was like, I can't relate to none of these characters. This is, yeah. Man, and then, yeah well, whatever, dude. Oh, upper crust. Nah, yeah, whatever, man. I can't. I can't get into this. And I watched it, and I was like. Ooh, man, this is kinda good Yeah
1: <laughs> And you know, man, I watched a lot of those shows So I probably have quite a list for my guilty pleasures oh,
0: yeah, I know I got a I know I got a list of guilty pleasures Yeah um, As for uh, The Marvel Elseworlds I mean, um, DC Elseworlds Dude, I read
2: DC's mm-hmm.
0: dude, That was wild Hey, oh yeah. It kinda of, is like Marvel zombies a little bit. How there's like this um this uh disease like going across um the DC universe and they're trying to fight it off and everything and man different um characters get infected. Uh I think I think Damian Wayne has to put down Batman and he ends up, ends up becoming a new Batman and um it was him and I think him and Cassandra Cain ended up getting together I forgot I think it was him and her or it was it was somebody else that was surprising I might, I might have been wrong but I read a little bit of, uh, of DC uh, Deceased and I didn't think I was going to be into that and that was pretty good. Um, Kingdom Come was pretty good.
1: Oh yeah, Kingdom Come was a classic.
0: Yeah, man, a lot, a lot of those, um, uh, those, you know, different version of, like, like I said before, with Marvel, they have, um, Heroes Reborn.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right.
0: Dude, that is that is really good. Because it's like, what if, like, um, Captain America was never found in the ice, right? And the Avengers never formed up, so you don't have Iron Man, you don't have Thor, and it's like they have this, 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 this uh, Justice League, this bootleg Justice League called the Squadron Supreme. The Hy- Hyperion is supposed to be like Superman. Power Princess is supposed to be like Wonder Woman. Right. Uh, Darkhawk, I'm uh, not Darkhawk. Nighthawk is supposed to be mm-hmm. like uh, Batman. There's like different members. Like there's there's a Green Lantern version, a Flash type version, all that stuff. And Blade is the only one that knows that this isn't the right reality. Kinda of like Bishop in um Age of Apocalypse. Blade, excuse me, Blade is there, and he's the only one that knows that this reality is not right. Right. And then Hyperion murks the Hulk. Like, dude, how OP you gotta be to beat the Hulk? He kills him. I'm like, dude, how OP you gotta be to kill him? So like yeah, they, they soup they hype him up, and then they have like a bunch of like offshoot stories to let you know what happens to these other Marvel characters in this in this uh, timeline. Well, not timeline, but this this uh, iteration. Like they show you what happens to um, the X Men, how they fare it out, and it's it's kind of like it's kind of like Age of Apocalypse for them. Because, uh. I think Charles? Yeah, Charles is dead. But, yeah, Charles got killed by, I think, Hyperion, too. You know, Hyperion, a power princess. Right. And, and uh, Magneto takes over and forms the X Men. But Magneto's been placed in a wheelchair. So he's the one in the wheelchair now.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: All kinds of stuff. It's wild, it's, it's pretty good it just recently wrapped up but it's pretty good so i, I suggest you know i i i recommend reading heroes were born that just came out and that just wrapped up too um yeah there, there's some good stuff both dc and uh, and marvel man like i'm i'm really into a lot of stuff they're, they're doing with um the x-men right now
1: right like like
0: Jonathan Hickman's run on X Men is really good. Like Kakoa, like they just terraform Mars. <laughs> the freaking X Men just terraform Mars. Like that is crazy. They're yep. doing a lot of stuff, and that's and that's pretty good. Um, yeah, who else? What else am I reading right now? Uh, you know-
2: Nightwing. Mm-hmm.
0: Nightroom's been pretty good uh shit. i don't know i think i pro- i forgot who else got me a lot of x-men stuff uh venom yeah that that king and black storyline was dope
1: nice you know all the talk we've been doing about comics it definitely gives me a topic for entertainment that i want to cover kind of like what we did about recommending st- what storylines were either we're reading now or old favorites and we'll kind of want to do a comparison about um the batman series nightfall versus the death the death of superman slash reign of the supermen because look the death of superman was definitely more impactful Versus, Bane breaking Batman. So just kind of thought of talk talking about those two, comparing them.
0: That'd be cool because those were very <coughs> true, um influential storylines. Yeah. For what it for what it ended up doing to those characters.
1: Yeah, I mean it would. So, just something to, something I thought of. So, all right, people, as we get into Bite This, had a lot of time. Oh, but saw this, saw in the wrestling realm, this post, retire one, bring one back, erase one from history with title belts. The retire one option is the U.S. title, the NXT title, and the Intercontinental belt. Bring one back, the Divas title, the Big Gold, and the ECW belt. The, the last one they had. And then erase one from history the women's tag titles, the universal title, and the 24 7 title. I'll tell you this I would probably retire the United States championship and just have the Intercontinental be, be the mid card belt. Bring back the old, the big gold, and I'd erase the 24 7 belt.
0: I, I 100% agree across the board.
1: Yeah, I mean, the United States Championship is more a WCW thing, so it should just be retired already. And of the three for the bring one back, nobody wants to bring that ECW belt back or the Divas belt. Nope. <laughs> and as far as the erase one from history, frankly, I would love to erase... I would rather erase the... belt and the Universal title and have the WWE title be the main one again. Yes. But that ain't gonna happen anytime soon, unfortunately. And the 24-7 belts run its course, man. It's like a gag. That gag is just no longer funny anymore. Yeah, man. It's like basically the diet coke equivalent of the hardcore belt. At least the hardcore belt was entertaining. But anyway, so covered a lot. We had a lot of topics for Bite This and you guys really came through with participating in this one. So, we'll start things off. Favorite Will Smith rolls. And kind of not shocked by this one, most votes went to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Followed by Men in Black, Independence Day, Bad Boys, Hancock, The Pursuit of Happiness, Hitch, I Am Legend, Ali, I, Robot, Bad Boys 2, Men in Black 2, Seven Pounds, Bad Boys for Life, Aladdin, Enemy of the State, Men in Black 3, Legend of Bagger Vance, Concussion, Focus, and Made in America. T5, I'll let you fire the first shot with this one.
0: Super. All right. Number 10, Six Degrees of Separation. Number 9, Bad Boy 2. Number eight, Enemy of the State. Number seven, Hitch. Number six, Independence Day. Number five, Hancock. Number four, Ali. Number three, Men in Black. Number two, Bad Boys. And number one, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air.
1: You're going to laugh at this. We had the same number one and number two. But, so my list starting at number 10, Enemy of the State. Number nine, Hitch. Number eight, Ali. Number seven, I Am Legend. Number six, I, Robot. Number five, Men in Black. And what with that entry... For the record, I'm saying all all three, one through three. So I'm kind of including the whole franchise there with that one. Number four, Hancock. Number three, Independence Day. Number two, Bad Boys. Again, all across the board with those movies. And number one, like you, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I just don't see any way that one is not the number one. It's the one that put them on the map. Right. It's the thing that kickstarted everything else for him. So, next one that we got, um, and again with uh, some of the ones I named, like especially Bad Boys. There's no way you have you do a list and not have that on there. Next one we got favorite Marvel cartoons. Most. We, we actually have a tie for the top one between X-Men and the 90s Spider-Man. Then we got the classic Spider-Man, Incredible Hulk from the 90s, Wolverine and the X-Men, X-Men Evolution, the 90s Fantastic Four, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, Guardians of the Galaxy, the 90s Iron Man, Silver Surfer, Avengers United We Stand, Spider-Woman, Avengers Assemble, and the Superhero Squad.
0: And pride of the X-Men.
1: God, no. <laughs> All right. So start with mine. Number 10. I went with uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon. Number nine, Superhero Squad. Number eight, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Number seven, X-Men Evolution. Number six, the 90s Fantastic Four, even though season one sucked and had that horrible intro. Number five, the 90s Incredible Hulk cartoon. Number four, the 90s Iron Man. Number three, the classic Spider-Man cartoon. Number two, the 90s Spider-Man. And number one, X-Men. T5, your thoughts and your list.
0: that's a pretty good list um, I kind of agree with some of them they just have in a different order alright uh, number 10 Ultimate Spider-Man number 9 Wolverine and the X-Men number 8 Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes number 7 Iron Man the 90s the 90s Iron Man number six the 90s fantastic four the one that came on that same block with Iron Man um number five the incredible hope the 90s version four. Avengers Assemble. Number three, X-Men Evolution. Number two, the 90s Spider-Man on Fox. And number one, X-Men, the 90s version on Fox Kids Club.
1: Yep. All right, so we had the same rankings for Fantastic Four and Incredible Hulk and for both the number one and number two. I mean I for me, I liked the nineties uh, Hulk cartoon. I mean having Neil McDonough who also who nowadays is better known as best known for Damien Dark, but before that, he voiced Banner. And of course you had Blue Ferrigno voicing the Hulk. Which was kind of a nice touch. Yeah, dog day. Now, anytime I hear Hulk Smash, I'm expect I'm here. I'm picturing his voice. So that, yeah, that was a solid list. All right, so next up on the list, we have Beatles songs. Most votes went to Hey Jude, followed by Let It Be, Help. Here Comes the Sun, I Want to Hold Your Hand, Twist and Shout, Come Together, Can't Buy Me Love, All You Need is Love, Love Me Do, Ticket to Ride, Yellow Submarine, Don't Let Me Down, Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite, and Happiness is a Warm Gun. My list as it stands. Number 10, Yellow Submarine number nine let it be number eight love me do number seven ticket to ride number six here comes the sun number five help number four come together number three twist and shout number two i want to hold your hand and number one hey jude t5 your thoughts on your list this
0: is this, this. The last few were uh, similar the first couple were very different though you can't really go wrong with most of the songs
1: you really can't
0: <laughs> they're just pretty much in different different orders you know uh my 10 uh Ticket to Ride 9 Get Back Uh, eight can't buy me love, seven twist and shout, six uh, help, five all you need is love, four I want to hold your hand, three come together, two let it be, and one.
1: Hey Jude. You know, just that it with Hey Jude, that last part it gets you. It's kind of like with Um, Tiny Dancer, that and that part at the end, the Hold Me Closer, Tiny Dancer. Same thing. Mm-hmm. That's what always stands out to me with those with that song. Just like with Hey Jude, just the whole na 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 Hey Jude. It's like with Hey Jude. It's
0: like. It's, it's something about the whole arrangement. Oh, yeah. Because the, way, the way it starts off, and it's, it reminds me a little bit of like Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. How it, it, it goes through these different levels. Right. How it starts off, you feel some sort of way. Then by the middle, you feel a different way then you continue and then the ending the way you close out makes you feel some sort of way yeah and it's the same way with hey Ju. Mm-hmm. it's off one way then by the middle you're feeling different and then by the end you're just na 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 nah. you just man it's, it's just a complete song
1: exactly So the last one that we got, favorite Tom Hanks roles. We kind of had some back and forth action. We have another tie. The top spot was tied between Forrest Gump and Big. Followed by Castaway, The Green Mile, A League of Their Own, Toy Story, Splash, The Money Pit, The Da Vinci Code, Catch Me If You Can, Saving Private Ryan, The Burbs, Sleepless in Seattle, You Got Mail, Philadelphia, Toy Story 2, Dragnet, Bosom Buddies, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Sully, Bachelor Party, That Thing You Do, Captain Phillips, Saving Mr. Banks, Turner and Hooch, and then Joe vs. the Volcano, Angels and Demons, Inferno, Charlie Wilson's War, Road to Perdition, Toy Story 3 and 4, Bonfire the Vanities, and Apollo 13. T5, I'll let you go first with this one.
0: All right. Uh, number 10, That Thing You Do. Number 9, Bosom Buddies. Number 8, Joe vs. the Volcano. Number seven, the Birds. Number six, Dragnet. Number five, Big. Number four, Toy Story. Number three, A League of Their Own. Number two, The Money Pit. Number one, Burris Gump.
1: Man, that's that is a solid list, man. All right, so my list as it follows: number ten, "Bosom Buddies"; number nine, "That Thing You Do"; number eight, "Dragnet"; number seven, "Forrest Gump"; number six, "The Money Pit"; number five, "The Da Vinci Code"; number four, "A League of Their Own"; number three, "Sleepless in Seattle"; number two. Big and my number one I went with the whole franchise, Toy Story. I mean, honestly, man, I don't think I I don't think Woody would the character of Woody would have had as much of an effect if you didn't have Tom Hanks voice in him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there was no way we did this lit that we were gonna have our lists not have bosom buddies on there. Just like with Fresh Prince for Will Smith. You had to have it on there.
2: Yeah.
1: It was the thing that put him on the map. And like I said, I liked Forrest Gump. I just didn't like it enough to be my number one.
0: Yeah, I like Toy Story, but not enough to be my number one.
1: Yeah, and the Da Vinci Code, I definitely had to put it in there. I mean, on my list. I mean, it would... I mean, uh, I liked the other two that came after that, but nowhere near as much as Da Vinci Code. So, those are our topics for this week. So, as far as topics for next week. So, you and I had talked before the show about this one. All-time family sitcoms. And they're... It's, it's quite a list you think about it. I mean, I'll probably stick within, like, kind of the, um, I'll probably stick within, like, from 80s onward. Maybe a couple, actually, I'll probably throw in, like, some from the 70s. But for the most part, mine is probably going to be majority of, uh, more recent.
0: Yeah, uh, I probably had to think about this
1: one <laughs> Yeah cause you know um, Well All in the Family That one definitely would have to be One that would be an option But also When I was um, Thinking back with uh, The show Family Ties And just remembering how back then Like for NBC That Thursday night lineup was like a juggernaut Who was it? Cause you had Cosby At the start Then you had Family Ties. Then you had Cheers. Yep. And anything else that was after Cheers was just a, well, you had a lot of momentum going because after those three, yeah, you were still going red hot. At one point, it was night court. And this was way before Seinfeld came along.
0: Yep.
1: And NBC dominated the Thursday night lineup for a long time.
0: For a long time.
1: You know, it still amazes me that that the creators for Family Ties originally didn't want Michael J. Fox for the role of Alex Keaton. They wanted Matthew Broderick. I'm not, not I'm not raining down on it. It probably could have worked. But eventually, I think but inevitably, I think they made the right call. So we got so, the sitcoms, and of course D Town recommended or the guilty pleasures list. So I def, I think that's too irresistible to ignore, man.
0: Yeah, I like that one too.
1: Yeah, and I I had suggested like going by like movies that came out in a certain year, kind of what I did last time. But I might have to do some tweaking on that one. Like it's too broad. Kind of have to narrow the field on that one a little bit. Like, say, like, 90s comedy movies or something like that. Or comedies from 1990, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: So I'll probably do some tweaking on that one. So we got those two categories. And T5, what do you want to throw in for the next?
0: Um... For a movie. I throw in favorite Charlie Sheen movies.
2: Okay,
1: and for that one, I think we'd have to apply the same the Kiefer Sutherland rule too.
0: Most definitely.
1: Cause, of course, of Two and a Half Men. And yeah, I know we did an- the Anger Management series too, but nobody would in- nobody would include that on a top ten list.
0: I wouldn't include it on a top ten. It was a good series, just not a top ten movie.
1: Definitely not. So, yeah, I mean, that... So, that's definitely one. You know, one other one that I... You know, one other one that I saw him in and that I kind of cracked up at? I actually thought he was funny in Scary Movie 3. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, I like the whole part where they parodied the... uh Wife, his wife's death. It's Denise Richards and the whole yeah. how she's trying to tell him no sex and he's not trying to not well, listen.
0: Well, yeah, he's trying not to listen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and when the the cop is trying to explain how bad a shape she's in from the accident, he goes and he's trying to say, "Well, uh, can I have one more go at her?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh God!" But yeah, that. You know, and I kind of ragged on like Scary Movie after the first one, but I watched the third one. I was like, you know what? It's not bad. And I did crack up at the opener of Scary Movie Four, where Doctor Phil and Shaq Shaq can't <laughs> he can't throw a three throw. But, um, okay, so we got Charlie Sheen rolls, and, uh, what else you want to throw in? Um.
0: One, two, three.
2: Oh. Oh, uh, wait. Yeah. That
1: thing wasn't the. Uh, oh, the other one that Matty Ice recommended Summer Camp Movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got our four there. Want to leave it at that, or do you want to add one more in there? Oh shit, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's good enough. All right, so to break it down, people, we got summer camp movies, family sitcoms, Charlie Sheen roles, and guilty pleasures. So it'll be, it'll be, you know, that guilty pleasures one. I'm serious. That one will be interesting to see what comes out for that one. And I'm curious to see what people will put down on the when I set up the poll for that one.
0: <laughs> A lot of people go snitch on themselves.
1: Yeah. Alright, so so closing thoughts. So first off, shout out of course of course to our good friend JP. And um also t- June twenty sixth for me, as you guys probably saw it on social media. It's a special day for me because today is my baby brother's birthday that I really don't know how my life would have turned out if I didn't have him around. He's, he's been a, he's been like almost more than a, than a f- brother, almost more than a friend. <laughs> if there were, practically been a guardian angel for me and Every, every year that I'm reminded how blessed I am that I, got, that I got him in my life and that there's nobody I trust more in my life than him. So to my brother Daniel, happy birthday. And, of course, coming up, we have another birthday to celebrate, and it's the birthday of, well, my partner in crime on this show and my brother from another mother, the sergeant-at-arms himself t5 travis smith so yeah exactly so hap so i'll i know i'll be saying it on that day but happy early birthday to you my friend
0: oh thanks man i appreciate that
1: and definitely uh you're the you're a huge cornerstone of what make of what makes this show so salute to you my friend
0: Oh, thank God. Oh, salute, salute right back. I appreciate you. I appreciate the show. Shout out to your brother. Didn't know his birthday was on the twenty sixth. Cause what, what,
1: Yep. Yep. We. It's a June. <laughs> it's the June June Babies Club here.
0: It's the June Babies, man. We are taking over.
1: Damn right. So. Yeah, it, and I gave him for it for his gift. Gave him a cameo video, cause he's a ho- cause he's a hockey guy. Got him a happy birthday from L.A. Kings alumni Luke Robotai. Oh, that's
0: nice.
1: Yeah, just like with how my dad for Father's Day, I gave him that video. I got him a cameo video from Steve Garvey of the Dodgers.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: And you know what's even.
0: I keep up with enough sports that I know who, who, who the tie is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's even cooler with uh, Garvey? He said if we emailed him, if we emailed him our mailing address, he'd send a signed a signed ball.
0: Wow, that's dope.
1: And my mom and myself were like, Dad, get on top of that. A signed ball from from the Garve? of course. You got to love those old-school players that that re- love and respect the fans' admiration and how much of a part of the game they are.
0: Hell, yeah, because, like, dude, with, with baseball, that's, like, a lot of dedication when you're a fan, man. That's a lot of dedication. Oh, yeah. Like, going to the parks, to the ballpark, and spending the day there. That's a lot. That's, a, that's like, a lot of people's, like childhood memories and stuff so that's definitely a lot of dedication and a lot of those fans, especially. I mean a lot of those players, especially the old school players they understand how much that means cause like you end up having like decades of of, of fans born and stuff from those you know, passing it down passing it down, passing it down, passing it down even if you have a daughter, you pass it down to her. And he's like, I grew up in St. Louis, Cardinals, Like, whoa, for real? And you have this guy and this girl get married at the, at the park. <laughs> yep. Because his wife's a fan and she's a fan. It's wild. It's like, base, like baseball's a whole other animal, man.
1: Oh, definitely. But, um, and you know, with shopping around for the cameo for my brother. My first pick would have been um, former goalie Dominic Hasek, because when my brother oh, played hockey, he was a big—he played goalie, the dominator. and the Dominator was what was his idol in hockey. Couldn't find him. Saw Patrick Waugh, but I was like, that ain't gonna work. My brother hated the Avalanche and hated Patrick Wall. <laughs> and th- I saw I saw Brett Hull, but I was like, no, nah, my bro. I remember my brother's disappointment when Hasek played for the Sabres and the Dallas Stars beat them for the cup denying Hasek of his first championship so that ain't gonna work and and there was also Jeremy Roenick but I was like I don't know if he even likes Jeremy Roenick he was kind of a dirty player when he did play (laughs) I still remember that interview Roenick did when one time on a radio station where he said um, the unspoken code in hockey no nobody touches Gretzky when Gretzky was playing nobody laid a finger on him if you took if you took him out he'd have the whole league gunning for your head Damn. and bronick said he knew never to go after Gretzky because not only did he know. The whole league would be gunning for him, his own teammates would kick his ass. Dang. That's how that's how much the in terms of the respect and honor, that was how people felt about Gretzky. I mean they would they would want want to beat him, but not beat him down.
0: Shit, I see why they call him the golden bull. God
1: damn. Yep. The you. great one. God damn it was they didn't call him that because it sounded cool they called him that because he earned it no one's ever touched and no one's ever touched any of his records Not that I, that I know of but
2: are not even close
1: yep so <laughs> when I show, when I sent my brother the video of robotai <laughs> he texted back
2: Luke
1: <laughs> I, I told him you didn't see that coming, did you? He said, no. Good. Although that he's got to say that ac- that accent of Luke's, it definitely has gotten heavier with his age, like more noticeable. Like, yep, pretty much. But yeah, that that was a cool thing. So, T five, any other closing thoughts you got?
0: Uh, closing thoughts uh getting older is is a double-edged sword you get older yeah but at least you're alive to get older so that's cool they say with 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 uh with age comes wisdom that's true Mm -hmm. depending on who you are true yeah there's a there's a lot of things there's pros there's cons Uh, I still feel 20 ish. (laughs) Yeah. A big kid. Mm You
2: could
0: ask any of my nieces that. You could probably ask my pops that. Because he sees the responsible side of me, but he also sees, like, the man, I gotta remind this kid again. (laughs) 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 He'll ask ask me, like, while I'm watching wrestling and stuff. You know, he knows I'm watching wrestling. He'll ask me, Who's, where, where they at? that? What's sitting there in? What's sitting there in this week? And I'm like, They're still in, they're still in Daily's place, Pops. They're still in the same, they're still in the Thunderdome, Pops. <laughs> they're not on the road yet. <laughs> uh, like, so, yeah, he knows. Oh, especially anime. Like, I had my pops watching anime with me one more. <laughs> like, when like, like, the beginning of the pandemic when I was like, like they didn't have anything good on TV Because everything shut down I was watching like anime Like uh, on Crunchyroll And I had him watching One Piece with me And he was into it <laughs> He's like <laughs> he's like, man You ever told me I'll be sitting there watching anime With my son be wild. like yeah I had to put that shit on Facebook I was like dude I got my pops into freaking One Piece little victories dude little
2: victories
0: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah man i can't complain dude like this has been like doing the podcast with you has been great it's been fun as balls we've had a lot of laughs got the got some education and some things i didn't know movies and music and stuff i didn't know i really wasn't into that sort of deal and got the spread a little bit of myself to people you know there's like a, a lot of people that may have feel feel like i feel might have grew up like i grew up or didn't and it's like variety is spice of life dude you get to you get to that's the whole that's why i feel like I, I was blessed growing up in a melting pot neighborhood because i got to grow up with different people of different races walks of life backgrounds that sort of deal and that's been most of my life called by colin cole i has yep. been growing up around people that are different than me and learning from them and them learning from me and the facebook era becoming friends with people that are different from me and then learning from me and me learning from them and us learning from each other's different experiences and stuff and having dialogue and and growing as people. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about. You never stop growing. The older you get, you still, like I said, you never, uh, old dog, new tricks. Shit, you grew older, you still learn new things. Mm-hmm. So I just feel blessed to be on this earth still spinning and um, doing my thing. Uh, with, with the family, with my friends, uh, with my, with my, I would say constituents because I'm not a politician.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, with, with all with all you cats out there to listen and everything, and listen to me babble and and rag on Scott Dale and Starship and and talk about wrestling and anime and god knows what else it's been a blessing it's been great i appreciate it i don't take it for granted at all and you know here's to many more i guess (laughs) Um, that's about it
1: (laughs) yep you know a friend of mine uh posted this gif of uh for my brother that said growing that getting older is mandatory growing up is optional i'm like yeah oh, pretty God, much yeah because a lot of the stuff like i'm like when will i be too old for this i don't know i hope never
0: I what? hope never either man i'm still sitting there playing my video games and stuff dude i just got you playing freaking wwe uh 2k19 earlier today man yeah Eating eating freaking cocoa puffs out the bag. definitely dude. I'm like, I do a lot of very juvenile things.
1: Oh yeah.
0: And I'm not messed up about. It. And then I'll turn around in the same vein and do some adulting Right. That's what we call it now. We call it adult. Yeah. Like, oh, gotta go pay these bills. Like the other day, started paying bills and everything. Wrote out a check. Yep. wrote down the envelope, rip, sent it off, ripped, then went on the website, paid this bill, made this phone call, adult stuff. Then guess what I got to do? Hey, you did all your work, now you get to relax. What I'm about to do, play some video games and eat some cereal. Yep. <laughs> that's it... the big that's basic. That's you do you do some adulting, then you do some kid stuff. Exactly. Adulting. It's the, it's
1: the balance. Yep. To quote two two late greats, to quote Sammy Davis Jr., I gotta be me. And to quote the late great Frank Sinatra, in the, that in the end, I want to be able to say, I did it my way.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that... <clears throat> gotta go to Rat right
1: Pack. Yep. Went double time with the Rat Pack on that one, but um, yeah, yeah the.
0: Yep. <laughs> so if
1: there's one, just if there's one thing you could say, people with, <laughs> kind of like with how the quotes I just said, T five and myself, we gotta be us.
0: Yeah, dude. I, I literally, I actually cook while listening to Dean Martin. I kid you not. I guess I like could... I don't know if that would be a guilty pleasure. Maybe I should have saved that. I don't know if it counts as one. But I actually cook. I, I, sometimes I cook to Mambo Italiano.
2: Eh? Hey,
1: no, no judgment there. I mean, I have a work playlist when I'm at work. Now I'm listening to music. My relax music list. <laughs> I got... John Coltrane, Louis Armstrong, B.B. King, and Sinatra.
2: And
0: like I would go on YouTube yep. and I would to- and I and I tap on the uh, like they have like just the song and everything. Cool. So I tap on it and have it on like repeat, and I would just sit there and put my phone on the counter and I would just start cooking hey uh ma'amoe, ma'amoe, itali- yeah, i'm sitting there like i feel like i feel like really italian right now i'm like the blackest italian person in the world right now Yep. and, so. I, and I don't know what it is i'll just start cooking pasta and everything and i feel like the blackest italian person like dude i'm cooking like uh i'm cooking like uh, what I'm cooking. yeah tomato sauce um uh, totally yeah so i'm cooking tomorrow and, uh, some garlic bread. Probably gonna put on Frank. Uh, put on Frank, maybe. The yep. little Dean. <laughs> Just it's like it's gonna be like it's gonna be like the cooking team from Goodfellas.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know who, what artist I like? She's a more recent one. I actually found when I'm working, I find her music calming. Nora Jones.
0: Wow, that's true. Yeah. Dude, I was really into Nora Jones when she first came out.
1: Yeah, like so I like have a couple of her albums, just listening to them like damn, this really works. But yeah, yeah, I don't know I don't know what triggered me to start listening to like jazz music or old songs like Sinatra and stuff, but it just it just happened.
0: Ooh, that's cold.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I you know, I still remember um The Merited Children episode where BB King was singing that song. It was in the episode where Buck, where you had Cheech Marin voicing Buck. Like, like, what, like, um, you had BB King playing his guitar on the, on the, on a bus stop bench. But it was like, oh man. But, um, Oh, another one that I have on that same playlist I got? Tony Bennett. Oh, you
0: can't go wrong with Tony Bennett.
1: Oh, hell no. You know, to this day, I still wish they had a single of when uh, that uh, Barnes & Noble commercial with him and Lady Gaga doing Baby It's Cold Outside.
0: Yeah, that was
1: good. I know. And also, like, they still don't have that as a single? God dang. I
0: thought
1: they did. I've been trying to find that. It's like, it's got to be somewhere. All, all I know is that it sounded fantastic.
0: hmm
1: And to even get even crazier, <laughs> I actually have a playlist of both Beethoven and Mozart that I sometimes listen to. I'm like oh don't feel bad
0: because I do too
1: yeah I'm Dude, just like
0: elementary school we used to listen to we used to listen like during art our teacher uh, our homeroom teacher would play like Tchaikovsky and Beethoven and stuff because she heard like it stimulates the uh, mind and we would we would listen to that during art and you think everybody would be like either weirded out or bugging over it or something. No, we were all cool with it. And he would look over and we were all just sitting over there. And, man, we were so into it. We were so into it. Our teacher was so surprised that we were into it. This was like, what like, fifth grade, I want to say?
2: Yeah.
1: That Man, that's cool. You know, uh, with what... To
0: this day, man,
2: to this day.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what you you were saying with the podcast and stuff. One other benefit that has come from you and I doing the podcast—it's definitely given us an outlet through this through this whole pandemic.
0: Oh, most definitely.
1: Hey, we all need something to keep us sane, and fortunately, we had this among other things. Because otherwise, I pro- I probably would have gone nuts with this whole thing. Well, with that being said, people, we'll be back the next week, 4th of Ju- the 4th of July show. Until then, he's the soon to be birthday boy, Travis Smith. I'm Sean Williams. This has been Variety Bites, and we out of here. Cheers. Yeah. Sometimes you want
0: to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came.